This is the Off the Break Podcast, your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. Now, here are your hosts, Cody, Kyle, and Ken. All right, and we're back with a snow-covered edition of Off the Break Podcast here. <laughs> very excited to uh, welcome you all to the studio it's, and to be out of the snow for a very small amount of time. Winter has come for us. <laughs> yeah. At least in Montana. I don't know about everywhere else, yeah. but we're in our hats and sweaters right now, and uh, yeah. Halloween hasn't happened yet, so <laughs> no, it was that's bitter, how we're doing. Anyone, bitterly cold. Anyone listening to this and not seeing snow at your front door, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> it's we, all here. We do this We do this for the rest of you. Because <laughs> we're thinking of you guys. You're allowed to come, visit during the summer, ruin everything, but... Uh, <laughs> No more moving out here. You are a true Montana. That was some Montana speak right there. I forgot my forgot my Copenhagen. <laughs> We're gonna get real into this. After you moved to Montana, now everyone else get out. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> the right way to do it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're. Here on this new episode, and we're coming off of the Scorsese versus Swift weekend um, that just happened. Yes. We've yeah we had that. It was kind of an unknown, you know, with the concert movie as big as what we had. Was it going to hold up? Was there going to be repeat viewing? Was it all going to be the one weekend? I was on the fence about it. I kind of thought it was going to be the all the one weekend. I was wrong. I mean, you weren't. Oh, really? You, you weren't not wrong. I mean, it dropped sixty some percent. Like yeah. it wasn't a small drop. But I mean, if you drop sixty percent from almost one hundred million, almost being the reward. Yeah. Almost, it makes it still a substantial opening. Yeah. And it trounced Killers of the Flower Moon. That's what I thought was really surprising. <sighs> really? I Because, I don't know, I mean, seeing uh, Scorsese's past releases, like, he never really, like, makes bank on, like, opening weekends or, he, or like, some of his movies, um, like, don't really have lasting pa- um, pattern in the theaters, it seems like, so... Here with this one, like I, I was sure that the opening would be solid, like with a twenty million release, maybe. especially twenty is not solid though. Twenty is maybe I for was... a current standard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I uh-huh. mean, sure, but given given the landscape, it just didn't surprise Oppenheimer me. Oppenheimer did four times the gross. I <laughs> you I, can't you can't come in at twenty five percent of Oppenheimer when it's rated R, three hours long. Mm-hmm. Extremely talented director. Mm-hmm. We have, I mean, it doesn't have. Um, uh, hit by a truck in the face. What's his name? It has Leonardo DiCaprio instead in the leading role. I have no idea who you're talking. Are you talking about? Um, Wait, in Oppenheimer? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Killing Killian Murphy. Murphy. Yeah, killed by a truck yeah. right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I do think. Took me a second. That you're right, Kyle. My maybe my emphasis on Killers was because it had been in the media and the trade so much from his powerhouse deal with Amazon, mm-hmm. all of his like or Apple or Apple. Yeah. All of his, um, you know, talk about theatrical and how comic book movies have ruined theatrical and all, you know, all of that. So maybe it's just, he had been so much in the forefront mm-hmm. of our conversations about our industry uh, and stuff. And so that, you just maybe raise that bar of expectation when somebody gives you $200 million to make a movie. Oh, you for sure. Yeah. Assume it's going to make back that money. Well, even, even like Ken was saying with like the success of Oppenheimer, we've mm-hmm. had podcast episodes like in between these two movies where we're right. like, maybe there's a shift in the tides. Maybe we're yeah. going to mm-hmm. see Oppenheimer not, you know, do what, or sorry, 
do uh, killers. killers not necessarily do what Oppenheimer did, but maybe we right. see like a resurgence almost. And I don't know if here yeah. there was a resurgence, but maybe it's just that I, you know, my my better judgment was telling me to be wary a little bit of killers because of the runtime. Mm-hmm. It, it's a period drama mm-hmm. and it's rated R and um, that while the, while these uh, actors were amazing in it and Leonardo DiCaprio is an A-list actor, I'm not sure he's the draw he used to be as I, much. I think he's one of the last few. He's the last few, but is, but is he really, um, I don't know if he's a draw in meme culture the way that in, uh, Cillian Murphy was a draw. That's a good point. I mean, even I remember the last time we had this conversation around Leo was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with Brad Pitt. Yeah. And that was probably what, 2018, 2019? Right, pre pandemic. 2023. And I suppose you are right in that a lot has changed to where that could be. I true. just remember before Oppenheimer came out, seeing so many like reels and tiktoks with killian murphy about him like how he is in interviews and yeah like he's relatable in his interviews or he looks really good in like his blinders show and then that show also is a whole subgenre of memes in of itself Mm -hmm. and i don't think you get that with Leonardo dicaprio other than the the one fun one that we like honestly i think uh you sorry you go with your description no, no. Of that. so i so maybe the the draw was not gen z or even younger millennials maybe it was all older people you would hope that is gen z and millennia millennial but i think you're right in that it was for the right. older demographic Scorsese skews way older but still it was just i mean when you think about if if they gave him that was the total two hundred million to make this movie and it only grossed twenty three million for the first weekend, yeah, this could easily squeak into the top ten for biggest box office bombs of all time. I don't know if that's <laughs> going to be the narrative. I mean, I, what do you think of a bomb? Like, I always go to John Carter is like the big one. I that I almost think, made its budget back. I think <laughs> what makes a bomb a bomb is the expectations placed on it. So if I'm a regular traditional studio and i make movies to make money in theaters and i put a big budget with it and it's not making it like i think that maybe marvels to me is a bigger bomb given that rationale potentially than what this is going to be this was a film made by a tech company to with the purpose i think of legitimizing its streaming stuff so that you buy more of their tech as a tech company they probably thought of this as an investment opportunity like they invested of its own thing, not yeah, not for making movie money and movie. Yes, theaters. but that being the case, if these had side by side same budgets, which they probably were close, Marvels is going to make a hundred million dollars all day. It is going to. It, it's not going to open right. to a hundred, but it's going to. It's going to make one hundred million dollars. This movie, if it makes a hundred million dollars, it's because like three of the stars you know, have a tragic accident and people run out to see the movie. It's not going to do that <laughs> without somebody winning the lottery and then putting $50 million in tickets into a movie theater. You like there's what? no way this is going to get anywhere close. That's to true. Marvel's. A lot of the trades like, just, just on right. dollars and cents. Yeah. This is, this looks on paper, like one of the biggest bombs I can we've see seen. That. You they know, said the, they said the same thing about King of comedy too. Like that, that one for Scorsese at the time was a bomb in and of itself, but 
yeah. that's also considered like a great movie. So, but yeah, but you're also looking at like budgets of like, oh, it lost ten million dollars. So what is twenty million dollars? Right. It you didn't are... lose. It didn't lose one hundred and fifty million dollars, so is... which is no, the GD, which is the GDP have. of some developing countries. <laughs> like, it's not even close to like. It's like, oh, this didn't make any money. So I think what I'm hearing is that it's the what feels or becomes the narrative of this thing bombed is was the quality poor like just the movie has to be bad like, for it to is like, it kitschy and poor and then what was the expectation of it and i'm not sure that killers is going to fall into that narrative i think the quality is the is quality's there. outstanding the and, runtime scares people off like yeah. it is it's clear as day and and you because of the runtime you can't get many shows in mm-hmm. so it's that's where that whole slow burn narrative comes from yeah. mm-hmm. but i so and then i don't think that so the quality's there, and I just don't think that you know it's gonna get that narrative that this was because I don't think the expectation was that it was gonna make money in movie theaters. I think the expectation is that it's gonna play well down the line and get more people to streaming platforms. And it still will make them money in theaters right. more than on streaming anyway. So, so I read two interesting things in the trades about what the narrative kind of underlying things were in in the trades. One was that. They were likening it to Air, which had like a hundred and twenty million dollar budget, and it mm. didn't like make any. It didn't make it that back either. No, but it has more than exceeded expectations in streaming viewership. But we don't have any specific numbers we on don't. any of that but that's because they don't the release God, no, They yeah. would never. <laughs> then the other the thing, general, the general feeling, the, the vibe. That's what people are. <laughs> And then I heard the, from a buddy of mine that he liked it on streaming, so I think it's safe to say everybody likes everyone it likes air. <laughs> then the other one was that it, if it plays like his other films, it'll have a four or five times multiplier. So that's that's the slow burn, long run. Gotcha. But yeah. I don't I don't see that happening because I think it Killers has three weeks, three solid weeks, and whatever money it makes in these next mm-hmm. weeks is what it's going to do because it's going to r- hit a Thanksgiving roadblock of a billion movies. We have six yeah. six legitimate wide movies re- that could releases. be number that would be number 1 on their own weekend. Yep. At Thanksgiving. Easily clear-cut number 1. We have two animated kids movies. We have an yet another like super long two plus hour drama in Napoleon, mm-hmm. like an art house drama. And a Marvel superhero movie. We have a Marvel superhero Hunger movie. Games we, have we have a young hung- adult yeah, Hunger, Hunger Games. Games. It's gonna it I think that one's gonna have a pop too. And then we also have, you know, the art house f- titles. We have more of like the uh adult demographic with like the, next goal wins. The horror film Thanksgiving. And then we have a horror film. I mean, like you hit every single demographic. There's not one if, person that couldn't find a movie at a 10 screen a theater to plus, watch. I have to give every one of those movies one screen, mm-hmm. one track, one, one screen. screen. Yeah. I'm not and capitalizing on any one of these. And that's not holding anything that may perform, that may have performed from October. Oh, like it's gone. no, it's it, gone. It has to be if gone. If Killers is spots. still, it's gone. I the, mean, that just has to be yeah. to open everything else. Just because of the way it's laid out. So Killers isn't going to get that five or four and times multiplier they'll be lucky to get three because they only have yeah the three and weeks to do it if you're a single screen and you're opening killers of the flower moon off the break instead of playing marvels or wish or trolls or hunger games like you're getting the wrong advice you're doing the wrong thing yeah i Probably. mean you you can open you can, it on you can 11 open, three you can open any new film available 
These film companies are beating down our doors for dates. But 11, 10 on, don't, do not play anything off the break. You play something new. Get mm-hmm. people in there. You mm-hmm. have two weeks into the next two weeks into the next two weeks. And then you have Wonka, which is not a known quantity, but it looks like it's going to blow the doors off too. Yep. And then. You think so? You know, I think the number is going to be. I think way, you'd be I, surprised I think, by the Wonka numbers. Yeah. I think the quality is going to be there, and I think that people are going to. It's it's around Christmas, and people are going to be looking for a wholesome family feeling movie, like mm, a yeah. four quadrants family. I don't. It's not going to be Avatar. So if you're looking at your projections from last December to now, obviously you're going to be looked down. I don't know if migration would be uh, Puss in Boots. And I and obviously it has Wonka, a runway for it. Yeah, but. and but and Wonka is not going to be Avatar, effect. so it's just across the board. You're going to have gonna a lot down. of fifty million dollar openings, but there's going to be a lot of them. I think at Christmas you're going to have twenty million dollar opening. I just don't see Boys in the Boat or Color Purple or Iron Claw. I mean, none of the. No, I don't even but see I'm, Aquaman. I'm hoping it's huge. Wonka Aquaman migration sit in yeah. that realm. Versus Thanksgiving, where we legitimately they have like six that oh could be fifty million dollar yeah. openings. Mm. Not that, not that Thanksgiving Mexico wins are going to go wide enough and create enough stir because of everything they're no. in. But on their own, yes, a, a horror title. We have plenty of horror titles. Scream we could have used Thanksgiving open to fifty million dollars. We could have used Thanksgiving in October. Yeah, it would have been a good spot to let it let it kind of have a runway. Yeah, and then Mexico wins just kind of gets mashed into this mess. Oh geez, I forgot about and that. And it's one. a January yeah. movie. Like it's an it Oscar would be movie. a perfect January title. Searchlight knows it, how to distribute these. It would have been like really a man called Auto type of mm-hmm. yeah. comp. It should have been, been. It should have been in January. Yeah, that was a mistake. By then, hopefully the the actors and writers. You know, well, the writers is over, but the actor strike would have been over. And Taika Waititi could have gone out and done his fun interview thing. You could have capitalized on it. But Disney has three films in a release, and you say this is crazy. Nobody does this because they have. Marvel's Wish and Mexico Wins, but Warner Brothers is doing the same thing the very next month. No, with... <laughs> Sony is doing the same thing that or, week. Yes, they, they have Journey doing, yes. to Bethlehem, Thanksgiving, and Napoleon. That's right. So right. between just Sony and just Disney, I have six titles. And six then you have, titles. And we have three Warner Brothers in a row at Christmas. Yeah. Like back to back. And those are within 10 days. Yeah. Those three are like crazy packed in there. Mm-hmm. But it was, it's just. The whole thing's unbelievable. It it is a, a issue of spoils. You know, yeah. you're just getting spoiled on certain weeks, and then spoils just, at the wrong time. Yeah, in a way, well, just this is Could've this is what they used to do. And we'll get into the release schedule change sponsored by Sony here shortly. But it's the idea that you have to be when the the audiences are there. No, you create the audiences. We've seen this. Like that's mm-hmm. why October had. They put Taylor Swift in October. If they thought it needed to be in December, they would have put it in December. Right. They would have put it like when audiences come back. They're like, no, we're going to create our own thing right here. Come and get us. Mm-hmm. Come see us right now at this time. I think you almost got to do that to break through the noise of life. You know, all the things going on in yeah. life. Mm. I think, too, you got to break through and be like, hey, all this stuff's happening, but come see this right now. Yeah. Don't don't like wait for the time in the future. Yeah. Yeah. You have to create this urgency with folks mm-hmm. and oh. Kyle, how was Killers of the Flower? Speaking Moon? of because the opposite Ken, of urgency. Ken and I have children. We do not have three hours to dedicate to anything other than children and home projects. It was funny because midway through the movie, everyone was finally shutting up because there was a bunch of people talking, but they finally shut up in the middle of it and they were absorbed in it. 
and for three and a half hours, even though you could tell everyone was into it, right when the right when the credits start rolling, everyone's just all right. We gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> like, shot up with their seats and move. Meanwhile, I'm like, oh, yep, I guess I gotta do that too. I was just gonna sit and mull this over of like what I just experienced. But all right, we're out of here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought this movie was excellent. Um, just because it was another great job by Scorsese in directing the tough topic when it comes to um not only racism but the cruelty that came from people of that time and how they treated and affected the lives of a nation just for their own greedy purposes and it also kind of does a good job at telling a story about how people who may not agree with that will still agree to do evil things for these greedy people and it was just it's obviously very timely do you know what's going on in the world today? But it's also just a very interesting story about like what went on during that time. And it shines a light on the Osage nation who were the victims of this cruelty that's going on through the movie, which I thought for him, who's clearly not Osage just does a really great job at portraying them in a well and respected manner. So yeah, just a great job telling such a hard topic as well as just terrific performances by Leo and Robert De Niro and the main actress, Lily Gladstone, who I just learned was uh, born in Montana. So that's pretty cool, too. Wasn't she in the Yellowstone TV show? I don't know. I'm not familiar with her work. I think she's got some other like credentials in, out there. I mean, she's yeah. she's been acting for years, for sure. Yeah. But I, I just don't recognize her from anything else I may have seen. Maybe I just assume if she's born in Montana that she has to be in the Yellowstone TV show. <laughs> I guess that's a fair assumption. Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't think Kevin Costner is is maybe he's the exception to the rule. I don't know, but I don't think he's born here. So. Probably not. I don't think any of them were born here. <laughs> he, he just likes Malibu. Yeah, <laughs> and then likes to he's ride a, a pretend cow- cowboy that likes Malibu. Yeah, he pulls off the hat. Don't. You can't be a pretend cowboy if you look that good in a cowboy hat. That's probably the more frustrating part, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know that they're fake, but then they put on the hat and you're like, ah, that. Like yeah, he makes gra- it work. Damn it. Voice. <laughs> Darn it. Ah, all right, fine. We'll give you a pass. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the runtime, I think, is just the clear indicator that it's scaring off people. Because mm-hmm. after coming out of the movie and, you know, I go online and see what other people are saying, even if they're not just critics, but just general audiences that are like, obviously a masterpiece shame it's too long and it's like for scorsese i give it a pass and the movie does a really great job at like letting you enjoy that runtime even though like you can feel it being as long as it is like it's not in a negative way in my opinion but you're just aware that you've been in the movie theater for three Mm -hmm. and a half hours i got some negative feedback from some locations where people were just could would have enjoyed it more but it was too long and too slow for them that was the only negative feedback I got, though. I don't even feel like it's slow, but I don't know. Was, I, is there a part where you could have had an intermission? There's always a part there's, where you could have uh, had an intermission. There's a way, I'm sure. <sighs> I can't think. Al- although I have been hearing that some theaters are doing that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know who these theaters are, obviously, but I have been hearing like in headlines that that is a thing that some theaters are doing, and I don't know if you're allowed to do that or not definitely not allowed to do it but i think you're not allowed to create your own intermission 
if if, I don't if it's know not presented not. as it's all, it's all part of the, I've never seen anything that says you can't create an intermission. Can't I don't edit. know. You can't I stop just, the movie correct. for you a can't, second. Yeah, no, you cannot. You I can, think you it's can. part of the you can't edit the content I'm sure, on screen. I'm I think sure you Paramount can. and yeah. editing screen. the content on screen, Cody. No, it's pausing the content. No, it's editing it by pausing it. Do you pause. just pause this it? Is literally what Scorsese is fighting against. Yeah. Cody, there's no creative that would allow you to do this. There's you you are on the bad guy's side in the in the We're writer, supposed to be championing the theater strike. experience yeah. <laughs> of being able to go to the bathroom and not be in torture also because it's a three-hour movie. You're allowed to leave the room no, and come back. We've learned context clues in grade school. Use those when you come back after your potty break. Yeah. You'll get there. No, just No, just pause the film. Say, all right, everybody, take a bathroom break. Refresh the concessions. Get your popcorn and your drink, and then high schooler comes out. Yeah. All right, guys, do what you gotta do. Yeah. <laughs> when then, the high schoolers and then there. don't tell your film buyer. Also, don't say this on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I don't see the problem with it. If you are going to choose to torture people with three over three hour movies, then this is what you get. I don't think it's torture as much as I think telling an interesting. People story but it, it just it's this oh, make it a four-hour mo- movie and put it in two parts it just the the idea of the lack of awareness of like what your audience is and what they need <laughs> i mean if you're you're shooting a movie for older audiences like mm. we gotta figure out a way to make this work for everybody <laughs> and if it's a five minute intermission the movie's already three and a half hours long <laughs> who cares like, is that really going to help you? Is that going to make a difference in your viewing? For, for yeah, I think yeah. it's going to greatly increase. And I think the gimmick of it, which we're talking about movie gimmicks off camera, but mm-hmm. the idea of gimmicks, like maybe a thing that needs to come back a little bit. The, the showmanship t- of the, the whole Taylor experience. Swift is a, is a gimmick thing. Yeah. With the, the friendship bracelets and the expensive tickets that are a special price and the specific and start date. in the aisles. Yeah, all this stuff. Singing along. So I think mm. you break into this with the idea of a gimmick. Like, I mean, there was a joke, um, the gimmick with when the Waterboy got released was that they put Star Wars Episode One trailer on the front of it. Mm-hmm. That was the first place you could see it. So the Waterboy had this incredible opening, but there the projections were like almost 50 percent of the audience left after the first trailer right. yeah <laughs> so we need to come they back would, they would literally gimmicks. like hop to different movies yeah. also to yeah see but we just need the, the trailer the yeah. gimmicks of getting people back in we're simple so. we're simple people let's do I this think, i think the audiences are simple and they want to have you more tell fun. them well you tell them there's an intermission like i i wonder if you'd sell five million tickets based on the fact that you're like i wonder what this is like yeah <laughs> the curiosity factor of it because i've never seen anything other than a stage play with an intermission yeah. I mean, I mean, they don't I, exist no, in the I'm world. No, I'm in the same boat. <laughs> they don't exist in the world. It's not a bad thing to have an intermission. I think we've agreed on this podcast like it would yeah. be useful if you're going to have a movie that long, mm-hmm. just do that. But like Ken's saying, I'm not sure if you're supposed to do that. <laughs> I'm just you're saying, not supposed maybe to do if that. if enough of us just did it, then filmmakers would automatically put it in so that their you, masterpieces you think, weren't being... So you think that think in 2023, it's a filmmakers listen to movie theaters. They don't even no. know movie theaters exist. They all That's assume fine. that it's the movie theater they went to when they were a kid. And they go back <laughs> yeah. and now it's a Starbucks. <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah, that's not real anymore. <laughs> um, all right. Well, well then if they don't know theaters exist, why would they get upset if you put your own intermission in? 
because the, their, they don't their know job, what their job is to get upset. Have you ever seen the guy in the little beret with the big then megaphone just yelling at people on screen? That's what they do. <laughs> if he didn't want to get upset, then he could put it in himself. I, either way, I feel like this is on them. That they just didn't think of putting in intermission. Yeah. They kn- they know they, about intermission. You don't think Scorsese doesn't know about an intermission? No, like they they were in movies. You ask him. You ask him about an intermission. He's, he's like, like he's like, what language are you speaking right now? <laughs> he's I've, confused I've by the movies from like the nineteen twenties, but I've never heard of an intermission. He's like, I'd like to know why he's like why he would have been against it. Well, there's just the pacing. There's no good place to make a pause. Oh, there's probably plenty of good places to make a pause. Uh, yeah you can find Maybe a way we need it's to get just... an intermission police that watches it it's like i could take a pause now i just I, I don't know like i think audiences need to remember that it's okay to get up and do stuff that you need to do and then come back and just whisper to your buddy what happened like that Ooh, that's okay I think behavior you, i think you make it a group effort and i think you herd people to the potties and herd them to the concession stand. This is for the theater to make a concession sale. This is yeah. not just for somebody's They can still do relief. that, too. It's a three-and-a-half-hour movie. <sighs> they can stand in line for a few minutes. Oh, well, now we're in the middle of our <laughs> three-and-a-half-hour podcast. We better get to these. <laughs> yeah, let's get moving. Let's knock out these schedule release schedule changes sponsored by Sony Pictures. Yeah, but surprisingly, they're all from Paramount. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> I know. This is kind of This is kind of fun. Sponsored by Sony, but Paramount Features. What do you got, Kyle? Uh, there was three big ones all taking place in 2024. First, um, the newest John Krasinski movie, who he directed A Quiet Place. Everyone knows him from The Office. He has a new movie coming out next year called If that originally was going to be released May 24th, 2024, but has moved up a week. Uh, so May 17th is his new date. Oh, that messes up all of my planning ahead. Yeah, so <laughs> better buckle down on your... Uh, booking sheets there yeah <laughs> um on top of that a quiet place day one which i don't know if that's the third one or a prequel or third with the third movie of this franchise but i don't yeah. know when it i guess it takes place day one anyway um that's been pushed back a little bit from march 8th 2024 to june 28th 2024 i like it as a summer movie yeah you think so it, the, i've liked it in that february march i, I mean it's it's good in that area but it's it's going to be a big franchise one. I like it there. All I mean, right. Especially since we don't have this next one there. Yeah. The big, <laughs> why I'm bringing up those two is because the biggest one, uh, Mission Impossible, I wrote five, but it's like the eighth one. So I don't know what I did there. <laughs> nice try. Uh, Mission Impossible 8 is getting pushed back practically a whole year. So it was supposed to come out June 28th, 2024. But now it's currently being slated for May 23rd, 2025. So I thought what was kind of interesting when they did the announcement of this release change they called it mission impossible eight like what it is they didn't say dead reckoning part two there's rumblings that they might change i think they're gonna change the name because dead reckoning did so poorly dead reckoning part one and then no part two and then no part two whoa that's awesome i like that like a mystery we're rebranding this bad boy part two we threw it it away (laughs) Starting over. I like that. That's cool. But yeah. it's probably going to be the same movie anyway, just Correct. with a different... Yeah, yeah no. No, that movie is done. There is no reason to move this movie. I'm... Because they filmed at the same time, other than maybe some special effects do you, might have Do you not. want me to go, go a little bit dark on this? Yeah. I have this thought. The, the movie that's out there, the Tom Cruise one that I'm looking forward to, is the one where he actually films it in space. All right. Okay. They haven't done it yet. Obviously, when he goes up in space, it's going to be a huge deal. 
it's going to be on every news outlet. It's going to be part yeah. of yeah. part of the lexicon for that month of life that we live. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to know Tom Cruise is in space. I would wager a guess that this is during that time when Tom Cruise goes to space, they move this, and they're going to capitalize on whether or not it's super popular or something happens to Mr. Cruise. <laughs> and they are able to capitalize on this as his, his last filmed feature movie and... That is where I'm going with this one. Super dark, but he, but he likes to promote it. I like it. it. What? He yeah. likes to promote them. So Correct. wouldn't he, he will be have available gotten, for the promotion? He will have just gotten back from outer space, Cody. Oh, you mean gotten back? Okay. Yeah, he won't do it. He won't launch on the day the movie releases, but like the month before, mm-hmm. maybe he has like because he's not going to be up there for like six weeks filming. It's going to be like five days, where they lump everything into five days. And, yeah. and they film it. They're not going to have him in space for this extended, excruciating period of no, time no, no, where no, things no. are like yeah. really tense and scary. Mm-hmm. But if something does happen like 30 days before Mission Impossible releases, well, that's good for business. Oh, I like that theory. <laughs> it's a little I dark, like and I have, a, no, I have no information but on it's this. Not, it's, not, it's not that out of the room. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I think that's because I can't think they pushed it out a whole year just because the last one underperformed because of Barbenheimer. You would think you would just get it out and get it, it done be, and save on and find a better date so it's not being overshadowed by something. It could be uh, IMAX, you know, the IMAX screens getting there's got to be IMAX they get corridor to it first, but, but there's got to be still... times available. There's got to be something. Maybe, available. but sure maybe not. I'm and sure maybe that's book- why they pushed it back. Yes, well, I mean, let's, I'm sure let's they're look booked at- out, but A24 buys IMAX screens for nothing. Right. And so Paramount doesn't come in and put a big check on the table and go, okay, we'll be we like that week too. I do have some of the big titles for the summer of 2024 listed here. So, I mean, in terms of things that could overshadow like IMAX screens, I guess there's like. What do we have? The the Lion King spinoff movie, Mufasa, maybe one of the Quiet Place movies. The um, Quiet Kevin Places. Cosner Horizon movie might the Western Horizon. Maybe. No, it's it's. You don't all think these, it would be that one? It's it's as like a two parter. It's Bad Boys. Thing. It's Disney. Anything yeah. Disney. Anything Paramount. Oh, uh, like What's George in America. George Miller has his Furiosa movie, which is what, a Mad Max movie. Yeah, which is Warner Brothers. I mean, yeah. they're yeah, that's these, there too. These are there. I mean, these make sense as IMAX movies, but it's just one of these things where it's Venom. so maybe it was Venom too crowded. Maybe it was too crowded for an IMAX. Maybe, but the Fallout came out in like September, October, and was the biggest one in the series. Yeah, like, like they could have pushed it back to fall. They put it anywhere. Yeah, they, it does not matter with this title. It's mm-hmm. it's going to do what it's going to do. And the fact that it underperformed in July has nothing to do with what came after it because it just didn't perform opening by itself. It didn't. I mean, it opened it, to. It, they're not. To me, they're not summer titles. They're fall titles. The Mission Impossible yeah. movies. Oh, okay. They're fall action titles to me. But yeah, they're hoping that something either just there's so much interest in Tom Cruise this time, or something maybe happens to him on that space capsule on the way up or down. Also, they moved it to. What, they moved it uh, Memorial Weekend? I no, guess. it's a week before. It's a week before Memorial yeah. Weekend? Mm-hmm. So they put it right before us, another dead weekend like they did with Barbenheimer. Yeah. <laughs> so we're like, oh, we're going to capitalize on, uh-oh. Wait, why does nobody come to the movies on Memorial Day weekend? <laughs> oh. So anyway, yeah, that was, that was a little bit of interesting release Lo- change stuff. Lots of excitement from paramount who doesn't have a movie the rest of this year 
No. no, not until Mean Girls, right? Yep, not musical. until January. Yeah, the Mean Girls musical. Yeah, yeah. So, do we want an update on the actor strike? Yeah, where are we at with that? <laughs> uh, it's sounding like the last of this year's negotiation. Sorry, the last of this year's negotiations is supposed to be this week. So, at the time of recording, um, so it's possible that once people are listening to this episode, we could be hearing that, um negotiations either went well and the deal got done or they've been halted and according to the studios they're planning on not doing negotiations until january um which is frustrating for theaters and for the actors as well but for the studio side it makes sense because when it comes to these holidays usually the industry starts like closing up shop in a way like it seems like they really died down on it slows um, down from the week before thanksgiving through the end of the year right so anyway that's what it's looking like in terms of timetables for it slows down they should have plenty of time to come around and talk to each other we would think so but these executives take six-week vacations yeah they have boats to go ride (laughs) yeah that's right before they sell them they have yachts they have chalets (laughs) they have all these things ski vacations and yeah yeah, so i would say that this winter quarter unless if something changes and a deal does get down, we're probably not going to see actors promoting their work that's about to come out. Well, <laughs> darn. It's, well, it's, an, it's unfortunate. So just a heads up. But it's just one of those things like... <laughs> Maybe they'll get a reprieve and just Jason Momoa could be a one-man marketing machine. That's not how machine. any of this works. I, I, I wouldn't think that's how that works. He is, who knows? He is, he is a one-man machine. Yeah. <laughs> put any put any adjective you like on that title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's just the latest update. So, um, so yeah, I, I don't we know. We ended to add on, on a bummer note, Kyle. Um, all Should right, we go back to our intermission discussion. <laughs> <laughs> sure, we can talk about that. We can talk about Mission Impossible. Eight and Tom Cruise's possible demise some more. <laughs> Space demise. I do like I I really do like that theory though. It's it's dark, but it kind of came to me like this idea that it's not it would make it's sense original. to well, Universal is footing the bill for all of that. Like it's their movie, they're gonna put him in space, they're gonna do all this. Why wouldn't Paramount use a little bit of that shine to help out their franchise that's in a little bit of trouble? Mm-hmm. Do you think this will be the last mission impossible with him? No. You bet against. I don't. I don't know. Like for a two-parter, like it seems like that would be the natural way to go out. But now they might not be calling it a two-parter, so he's probably like, "Let's try to get to ten movies." He's just yeah. gonna keep going. It doesn't matter. They'll Unless bring if something in, kills him. They'll bring in young people. Yeah, <laughs> like like a reentry, or or I don't know, or <laughs> <laughs> or or unless if he decides that after the space movie and mission impossible that he's done with the action and wants to go back to like the character driven drama stuff. So that way he can get an Oscar. That could be like the final last part of his career, I would guess. But I don't know. He's liking the action stuff still. Yeah. And he can still do it. So I'm not sure if anything would change. Weird. I just think this is the last one. It's not the last anything. They made Top Gun in 86, and they're like, you think this is the last one? Everybody's like, yeah, yeah, this is the last one. 30 years later, they're like, we're going to make four more of these. <laughs> <laughs> so so never never count Mr. Cruz out. No. I wasn't counting him out. I was just wondering if it seemed like a natural conclusion. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it always I mean, seems like a natural conclusion. You know, for a story, 
Yes. <laughs> for profit? No. No. <laughs> no way. For ego, absolutely not. <laughs> okay. Um, so this weekend, it's going to be Five Nights at Freddy's opening. So yes. hopefully... It's theaters... already made... What we know is it's already made $10 million in previews. Yeah, that's... What I saw last. Don't want to spend any extra time on it because of Universal and their day and date with Peacock policy, but it's going to have a big opening. It's going to have a massive drop off, and it's just going to be one of these things that we have to deal with from time to time now moving forward in theatrical. It's just here, we'd like to have you make this show this movie and slap you in the face. Yeah. (laughs) It's just crazy. The projections for its opening weekends, like supposedly 55 to 60 million, Mm -hmm. and that just surprises me. Me too. It's, but I, I'll, I'll have to wait to see it, and I guess I'll the audiences. Crow, the audiences don't know any difference. Right. Like the audiences are programmed to look for it on streaming or to look for it in theaters, and it's going to be one of these things that just is part of part of our lives, hopefully smaller and smaller every year moving forward. Well, but. I'm pretty sure that this is the only film from a major studio that's doing this this year. The only one. Yeah, it's the only one we yeah, have. Yeah, I... Yep. I, there's yeah. been some smaller distributors that have those done it, count. but that, those don't count. This don't is, count. Well, it was movies that didn't that, open to $2 million. Right. Yeah, this, yeah. Is this is the only one that stepped out there to do it. Mm-hmm. So, And then Interesting. The, the take was that it was only supposed to be for Peacock. We were, were doing you a favor. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're doing you a favor by making you $60 million this weekend. That's a good point. I should be happy for this, so that way we could be like, no, you, you still need us. Like, Yeah. Don't be dumb. <laughs> just put them to the theaters dumb is a four-letter word kyle some <laughs> people know how to use it like a knife <laughs> uh so anyway um that ends that episode and yeah. have a great weekend yeah. freddy's this Stay weekend warm no new releases yeah. next weekend and then we're running a, a ten thousand meter sprint oh through the gosh. rest of the year a lot of commentary yeah. coming up about <laughs> theatrical gauntlet coming down for us yeah <laughs> It's it's all good, but you are going to come out of it with a few bruises and <laughs> well, no, I'm not because I booked everything. So <laughs> I made one screen everything, so I will have I hedged my bets. <laughs> and then theaters will have to deal with the rest of it for yeah. us. So with, thank you guys. Staff up. Deal with the consequences. All right, have a great weekend, everybody. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Off the Break Podcast. Find us on all podcast platforms or at screeninsider.co. And be sure to like and follow our Facebook and Instagram pages at Off the Break Podcast.